Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. Welcome back to another episode of the 704 cast. Matt, Wes, and Corey here with you guys this week. Uh, training camp wrapped up today in Spartanburg as the Panthers have had the last two days with uh, scrimmages with the Baltimore Ravens as the Baltimore Ravens come to town this weekend for the week two of preseason. Um, so on today's episode, what we're going to do is review the Colts game from last week. We'll talk about a little bit about the Greg Little trade as the Panthers uh, now parted with their former second round pick um, we'll take a look at some of the practice information that's came out um, in the scrimmages against the Ravens and then we'll take a look forward um, at this upcoming week against the Ravens Wes Corey how are you guys good as can be quarantining for 10 days uh, so but I'm still here feeling good so I get to you know be at home and watch the Panthers play Saturday night so all good Doing good. Just just got back from vacation. Um, ready to talk about the Panthers. It, it, it was excited to to watch the game on Sunday. So excited to talk about it. Yeah, it was nice to actually have Panthers football back for the first time. Now we don't have to read reports and everything. Actually, can get a full look at some of the guys. Although the starters didn't play, it was nice to actually see the backups and see some of the guys that we've talked about, especially the rookies. Um, speaking of the rookie class, the rookie class had a great day. Um, but we'll dive into that in a minute. Um, if you guys want to start, what we do is look at some news from around the league. So Jamal Adams uh, recently signed his deal with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, locking him up for four years, $70 million, making him the highest paid safety in the league. Uh, that contract comes with $38 million guaranteed. So Jamal Adams stays in Seattle uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, trial and everything is continuing again. So um, some news came out this week that his attorney said that they will continue to cooperate, excuse me, cooperate with the FBI. Um, so we'll see how everything still sorts out with that. And the Panthers still have been linked to having interest in him as well as the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see what comes about, uh, comes uh, about with that. Um, speaking of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, seems like some teams have uh, called around to see if Andre Dillard is available to former offensive lineman or excuse me the offensive lineman uh, that they took in last year's draft I believe he was big he was big on all the Panthers um, boards and stuff during the year he came out I know there was a lot of people clamoring for him that really wanted us to draft him so something to keep an eye on I know I wouldn't hate it yeah I feel like he's been pretty solid for them I knew he had a little bit of an injury issue but I was surprised to see that report I know West sent that out earlier and that kind of caught me off guard because you know, even with their offensive line issue and, I mean, Jason Peters signing with the Chicago Bears this week as well. And that's just really kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, and, and Fit mentioned that you're going to have to get creative because, I mean, ta tackles with, with any potential at all are just aren't getting going to get cut. So you, if, if you want to make something happen, you will have to get creative. So, I mean, it, uh, anything's on the table with Fitter. I, I, he can make anything happen. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that he's proven so far. He's willing to will and deal to improve the team and at least even grab some later draft capital like that great little deal that we'll talk about here in just a second. Um, but former Panther news as well. The Broncos are close to naming a starting quarterback. So things are not looking good for uh, Teddy Bridgewater there in Denver, especially after Drew Locke's strong performance this past week uh, with his 70 uh, yard touchdown pass as well. Um, are you guys either you surprised that Teddy's probably not going to win that job? No, nah, but he made it out of the jungle. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm not either. And um, I, honestly, I, I was kind of high on Drew Locke last year. I thought, you know, he didn't get uh, such a fair shake, but uh, I always thought, you know, give him some time and some some more weapons and see what he can do. So, and we'll see. Uh, I don't mind Drew Locke. Yeah, look, they brought Teddy in to kind of give him some competition and see what they had in their, you know, former draft pick in, in Locke. You know, they're, Denver's going to be another team that's going to be monitoring the Watson situation as well. So, um, you know, Locke has a chance, to, you know, has a chip on his shoulder and a chance to prove himself this year if he is able to be named the starter uh, and beat out Teddy for that job. Uh, looking forward to, to week one and some other Panthers news. Um, the Jets is our uh, season opening opponent. They had a couple season ending injuries this week. Uh, a big hit, their uh, recent free agent signing, Carl Lawson, their uh, stud defensive end, Torrey's Achilles, and is going to be out for the entire year. And as well as uh, their safety, Zach Lewis has a torn patella and a sprained MCL. And both of those guys, like I said, are out for the season. So, um, I was kind of uh, worried about how the left side was going to handle Carl Lawson, especially if it turned out to be Cam Irving, but Cam Irving seems to not be able to stay healthy. So we possibly looking at a Taylor Moten there who, regardless, whoever it is, um, their, their day definitely got a lot easier, um, especially, you know, with, with this development. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yep. Agreed. I, th- I think I was a little worried that the one thing the Jets do have is a pretty decent, did have, I guess, it's a pretty decent defensive line, so um, was a little worried about that. Yeah, I mean, they uh, – sorry. No, go ahead. I said, you know, they still do have big Quinn and Williams in the middle, but you were right. I mean, if there was one thing that I, I was, like, worried about on, on day one was, you know, opening up a fresh offensive line against that defensive line. Because if there's one thing we've seen in the past that can cause us to, to stumble out of the gates, it's pressure. So – yeah, that's going to be the big thing about how the – especially that that first game for Sam, seeing how the offensive line holds up. We've been over this you know, time and time again, so no surprise there. Um, last little bit of Panthers news before we dive into the Colts game. Scott Fitterer mentioned today that there's actually two possible extensions in the work, uh, one being closer than the other one. I, I think, obviously, we're, what comes to mind first is, is DJ Moore and uh, Dante Jackson, um, but kind of lingering there is Brian Burns as well. Um, I, I am I'm in the under the belief that it's going to be DJ and Dante that that's going to happen. I'm, I'm assuming that probably the, the DJ deal is a little bit closer than Dante because um, Dante just doesn't have the stats, probably feels he's worth a little bit more than the Panthers do at the moment. Um, Panthers might be trying to get a deal done on, on a discount before Dante possibly has a big year this year, or it could be Brian Burns. Um, he's a guy who's probably going to have a breakout season this year. His price tag's definitely going to go up. Um, stud defensive ends, we know they get paid. They get paid a lot of money. So um, what do you guys think? Or you, do you think it's going to be DJ Dante here? Um, which deal do you think possibly gets done first? Um, where are you guys at? I don't – I see Burns being too smart to, to be in extension talks right now, just knowing his year one usage. Um, had a great year last year, but not – he knows he can even top that, especially with what they've built around him. So I just don't see it being – in Burns' best interest to even have those discussions. I know injuries can happen, and and um, that's that's a totally separate conversation about the security with injuries. But um, I, I agree with – I tend to agree with you. It's probably DJ and Dante. Um, I dove a little bit into last night what a DJ deal might could look like just looking at the recent receiver contracts and – I mean, you're looking at probably something, nothing lower than 460, so 15-year AAV, um, but probably something more like um, four years 70 uh, with Lockett's recent deal at 469 uh, that put him in the top 10 for AAV and um, total total money. Uh, so I think, I think that's probably the one that's closer to done, like you said, just because – that's their, that's their number one. Yeah. And I think there's no telling with Fitter, like you said, who's, who's this going to be? I would like to see it be Dante. I would like to see it be uh, DJ, but I mean, there's no telling. It could honestly be a surprise and, and they could be re-signing Robbie. I mean, we, we don't know at this point. I don't think anybody's thought about 
the possibility of, hey, what if it is Robbie and Dante as opposed to Robbie and DJ? So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm excited to see. I would love if it was Burns that they were re-upping this early before he has the monster year that we all think he's about to have uh, because he's going to get paid, and it's going to be a lot, a uh, big payday. You look at a, uh, a guy like a contract like Shaq Barrett got this past season, I think – that Burns is definitely going to be in, in that range after this year. So um, we'll see who it is. And I'll tell you one thing, it is a breath of fresh air that this is what we are, are, are coming to expect from our front office, getting these extensions done in camp early, as opposed to waiting until it's, you know, too late and, and the price is all the way up. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's nice to having that from a position of power instead of doing it after the guys blow up and then you're having to, pay more than you would have a year ago if you would have just entered contract negotiations and could have got something done. I mean, Marty Herney was notorious for that. I mean, the I, the one that comes to mind, I mean, he paid D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart um, big money back to back, but just always being late. But it's nice to see, like like you said, Corey, um, Fitter being aggressive and trying to lock those guys up. So, Let's look back at the uh, the Colts game. Um, we played the Indianapolis Colts this past week. We lost the preseason opener uh, 21 to 18 on a uh, last second field goal. Uh, but let's talk about some standouts. Um, what were, who were some guys that you guys were really impressed with? I know we were pretty much all in agreement what we saw from Brady Christensen at that right tackle spot. So if you guys want to start there, um, we'll kind of work our way around. I'll start yeah. with just one thing. If you're don't if you're upset about wins and losses in the preseason, don't be. Like, please don't be that person. And I, I just want to start there. Yeah, I mean, that's – I've seen plenty of people getting getting pissed that we lost the game or, oh, this is Matt Rule's fault. Like, who cares? Week one, yeah, we, we can worry about that when it comes to the regular season. What you want to see in the preseason is the, the development – um, the situational stuff. You're not looking about, oh, well, our third stringers lost to their third, third stringers. Like that, that shit doesn't matter. Yeah, they were talking about, um, I saw so much, so many fans talking about like the play calling and the game management of, of Rule and Brady in like the fourth quarter when, like you said, like the, none of these guys, half these guys that were playing in that, at that point in time are not going to be on the 53 man roster. And you can't, if you expect fourth stringers and fifth stringers and guys that we just signed three days ago to have the proper route depth or uh, know their exact role in entire defense, then I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, like, uh, like you said, getting upset over a preseason winner loss is just absolutely hilarious. But like you said, the one thing I will echo is we had all been keeping an eye on Joe or sorry, on Katie Christensen, um, early on, we were texting about it, and all this, all this kid did was go out there and impress. Uh, uh, he got a lot of snaps against Muhammad uh, Al Qadine, uh, who is, I mean, he had two sacks last year, but you know he's a he's he's going to be the Colts starter this year. So um, you know he impressed, great pass protection. Him and Deontay had a great great uh, rep, some great reps in the run game. I really like that combination. So. Um, he's top, top impressing, uh, ex except for obviously Terrace Marshall being an absolute beast. Yeah, I was, I was very happy with what I saw out of Brady. He had a, a great pass protection rep uh, on the long PJ Walker, Terrace Marshall play. Um, if you look at it, he got pushed back a little bit, but then his hands got aggressive and he was able to hold uh, the block as PJ uh, stepped up into the pocket and hit Terrace down the right sideline. Uh, for that big game. But, I mean, Wes, go ahead. I mean, pound the drum on on your boy Terrace. Yeah, so I'll echo on, on Brady. I think um, he proved that he can be the right tackle to me. I, I, I think it's it's time to, to make that – it's time to make the move of Moten over to left. If you want to see if Scott can win that right tackle job before Brady, fine. Um, I think they'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think – before it's all said and done, I think Brady can win that job this year. And I think that's what you want to see out of your, out of your draft, the tackle that you draft um, and, and that you were so high on. So I'll, I'll start with that. I will move on to my boy Terrace. Um, so been saying it for months. 
since since the draft, since we drafted the dude, he's going to be a stud. And now it's cool to be on the terrace bandwagon. So welcome everyone. Um, so <laughs> that that play, that eighty, uh, what was it, eighty yard? Not eighty yards. It was, it was what, sixty yards. Sixty yards. He had eight, he had five catches, eighty eight yards. That got him to eighty. But uh, sixty yard catch. Uh, would have liked to see him just turn on the Jets just a little bit and get get past that tackle and, and turn that into a touchdown. But um, I really also liked seeing them go to him in the red zone. That we didn't. He didn't. He didn't. They didn't convert the throw. The throw from PJ, especially on one, was was not a great throw. But it just showed that 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 our expectations were were correct, and they're going to be looking to use him as a a red zone weapon as they should be because he's just he's a mismatch against corners. He's huge. Yeah, the national national media is now starting to come around and still steal your narrative, um, saying that uh, that Terrace could be the guy that that leads the uh, team in touchdowns. So, yeah, I wonder, wonder who said that a month and a half ago. National media. Yeah, people are starting to actually pay attention a little bit. But hell of a day for the uh, guys out of this draft. I mean, Brady had a great day at right tackle. Terrace obviously had his day. Uh, Tommy Trimble had a, a touchdown pass from PJ. Um, I. I mean, so far, I mean, we haven't even talked about Chuba. I mean, Chuba had 80 yards on the ground, and that's no thanks to the O-line's run blocking, which I that, thought was pretty the, horrible. The long run that he was able to get, the, if you see the picture of what the mess of the, the defensive line getting that penetration, him, him still able to knock off, what was it, 60-yard 60, 60 run, something like that? Mm-hmm. And the thing about that run is if you actually if you look at the all-22, or sorry, you know, if you look at the end zone view of that run, it's really it really sucks because – you know, Brady and Deontay in the center at the time actually have like the center and Deontay have a great combo block. Brady gets good leverage inside the holes there, but the left side just gets blown the mess up. I mean, it is so bad how much they get blown up off the ball that it just creates this giant jumbled mess that you see when like I went back and looked at, like I said, the end zone view of that. And, and it was really nice on the right side, but that left side just got destroyed. And that was the theme of the day, the left side just being like, bad. Just the left yeah, side just being bad. You know, we it was really bad because we had, you know, we had all thought maybe Trent Scott could could step up and, and be the right tackle if, if Taylor moved to left or be the maybe the left tackle. And then I think we all know we, we saw that three straight false starts. It <laughs> just uh that was tough. And, and the false starts, like we've, we've echoed before. It's just, it's not just a false start. It's a dude knowing he's beat before the plays even started. He knows against a, not the cream of the other team, like not the best players on the other, the other team against backups that he knows he's beat. That's not, that's not a good sign. No. Oh, I mean, we got no, no momentum up front. You look at that and you go back and watch those runs, especially the early ones. Um, Chuba's getting stopped at the line of scrimmage. It's not because of him. It's because we can't get any momentum in the, in the run blocking game. And you looked at that all day. Any, anything that he produced on the ground was him being a playmaker. That's just credit to him and his athletic ability and his ability as a football player. So that's, to me, I, I mean, I know there's no starters in there, but still you'd like to see a little bit of something. Um, I know the right side was great, but uh, Trent Scott on the left side, um, that wasn't good. We didn't have a silent uh, cadence ready for this game. That's the only coaching um, issue that I guess I have a problem with, not being prepared for that, uh, the false start issues. But the good news is this offensive line didn't allow a sack. I mean, maybe credit to PJ, um, maybe to to credit to the uh, O-line uh, as an overall unit. But I was happy uh, to see that at least out of this weekend, especially get out of that game with no major injury, injuries aside from uh, Troy Pride's um, season-ending torn ACL. Yep. And uh, a couple more things I wanted to note uh, that Burris didn't get to start. He's the first teamer, but Kenny, Kenny is going to – I think Kenny Robinson looked really good. Kenny Robinson, uh, Sean Chandler had some nice plays. Um, he still continues to have a strong camp. Um, out of him. I mean, Marquise Haynes, Frankie Louvu, um, Phil Hoskins got in there late and, and looked good. I mean, that's a seventh rounder out there. I'm competing with the, the twos uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Christian Miller, his first game back in a year, he sat out last season. He, I think he did some great things, uh, adding some pressure off the edge. And we didn't even talk about Etor uh, Gross Matos and, and some of the things that he did. I mean, he had the strip sack 
uh, in the backfield. I mean, these guys were everywhere. I mean, like we talked about, even the, when you can get this type of production out of your twos and threes on the defensive side of the ball, then it shows that you have some serious talent. And we've been pounding this all offseason is that this defensive unit is going to surprise a lot of people early. And that we'll talk about it here in a minute, but that happened today uh, against the Ravens on the practice field. Yep. So, I mean, that still just continue to be excited about what I'm seeing on that side of the ball. And we didn't even talk about Keith Taylor uh, as well. Yeah. And then you mentioned the one situational thing that you, you were a little, the coaching thing. One thing I did notice and, and it was an issue we had last year is just not converting touchdowns down on the other end of the field. And, and it, that happened again in the preseason um, game one and it's preseason. So again, don't, care win lose or whatever but you've got a that's a that's a scheme thing that's a trying to that's a play calling thing trying to get those conversions so hopefully that's something that they're aware of and 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 trying to work on down in the red zone because that's something I do want to see and, and another thing I did want to mention too like we, we echoed like I was not I came away being just really happy overall with the performance of the team and really the coaching staff I think the one thing I did get really frustrated about, though, was when Will Greer did come in, it's like instead of protecting a preseason lead, like let this kid air it out. Like give him something. You know, I mean, why are we running the ball all the time with him? Like I think he deserves to be allowed to, to sling it a little bit. You know, it's just a preseason game. Like why are you trying to protect the lead in the preseason game? I thought that was pretty – pretty frustrating in my opinion I would have liked to to have just let him throw let him throw the ball let him let him sling it you know put some good tape out there because we got a seventh from for Greg Little anything can be done if that happens I don't know I mean it definitely went conservative in the second half of the play calling and I'm not sure if that was purely by design or if they tried to get out of there without any injuries or what but Rule did say that he wants to see Greer uh, showcase his ability a little bit more this week. So I expect him to get probably more playing time than PJ this upcoming week. And uh, said, no matter what the score is, he wants to see Will throw the ball. And I mean, that could be possibly showcasing a potential trade, just get some good film on tape, or maybe actually give him a shot at uh, competing with PJ. I mean, PJ had a hell of a day uh, against the Colts. I mean, he looked good. I mean, that throw he made uh, to Shy Smith down the right sideline. I mean, that ball was placed perfectly. And I mean, Shy had a great day as well. Um, David Moore did some good things. I mean, I liked what I saw from the quarterback position. I mean, we saw things out of PJ that we didn't see Teddy do last year. <laughs> and this, this is the guy who, you know, beat the Detroit Lions last year. So this guy isn't a – he would be a starting quarterback on some NFL teams. And I think he'd be – he'd be – I mean, there's some good backups in the NFL, like Jacoby and, and, and whatnot, but he would be a top three backup in the league if – I mean, he he is a top three backup in the league. He'll be our – backup quarterback yeah I and that goes a play calling uh, I like that they went to Terrace early on in the end zone or excuse me in the red zone uh two out of three plays um try to get that comp uh, try to build that uh, confidence up in the kid early on but like I said a lot of a lot of good things from uh from this past week uh some bad things obviously we talked about Trent Scott didn't look great at left tackle uh probably feels a little bit more comfortable on the right side. Cam Irving can't seem to stay healthy. He's out of practice still. Uh, so things are kind of lining up for Taylor Moten to open week one on the left side, and we'll see what shakes out on that right side. Um, Dennis Daly didn't play. He was excused for personal reasons. Um, I, I know we've been talking about this before, but Joey Sly, I mean, he's going to end up costing us another game this season if he stays the starting kicker. I mean, he was two for three on field goal attempts. And – the second one that he made, I'm not even sure if he made it or not. Um, that was about as close as it gets. And the refs didn't look at that. They were too sure. And then the 60-yarder that he missed right before half, uh, he missed an extra point. And although it was backed up due to the penalty, I mean, still, these are things that you have to have. And, I mean, I wish – we all wish that they would have drafted a kicker during the draft. I mean, we were – all pounding the table for uh, Jose Borealis from the uh, University of Miami, who is looking like he's going to win the Tampa Bay job. Um, I think that we need to be monitoring the, the kicking uh, competitions around the league and try to make a play for it, whether we be signing somebody um, or making even a trade for it. I don't think it's going to come to that, but a seventh round pick that we just got for Greg Little that could be used uh, potentially to get somebody. Um, yeah, I know we're pretty much all in agreement here. Uh, do you guys have anything to add about 
uh, old swole uh, Sly and how this is going to have to stop eventually? Yeah, it's just it's not it's not acceptable to question whether every extra point or not is going is going to is going to go in. Like you're a professional kicker, like you should maybe miss one or two extra points a year. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, it, it's just mind-numbingly frustrating um, to, to always question whether or not these things are going in. And I don't, I don't care how far a guy can kick it. Like, give me a guy who's, who's accurate inside of 50 and will make, like, like we said before, 50 to 60% beyond 50. Uh, this is just it's, – it's really a problem. And it's it's gonna rear its ugly head in the season. You can count on it. I feel like um, Graham Gano got more criticism than Sly has, and I don't get it. I mean, Graham had his had his problems. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I I was the main person beating the drum when we drafted um, Harrison Bucker. Harrison Bucker. Sorry, the name escaped me for a second. Bucker and from Georgia Tech. Um, and and then tried to stash him on the practice squad for for Gano, and I was the main one being the drum that Gano should have got replaced by Bucker. But I don't I don't understand why Sly doesn't get that same criticism when he's been worse. And everybody knew that move was coming, so it didn't catch anybody off guard. I mean, they gave Graham that contract extension that off season, and then Harrison looked great, and then they tried to sneak him on the practice squad, and obviously we said we know how that works out. And now he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. I'm just saying this has got to be addressed sooner rather than later because these games and these close games that we're going to be in, if you want to try to build momentum and win those close games that we lost last year, then you have to be able to rely on extra points and field goals at least 95, 90% of the time from your field goal kicker. I mean, you can't just accept mediocrity out of that position. And that's what it is. I don't care if he can kick it 70 yards. But if he can't be accurate, then it's not going to do us any fucking good. So that's my two cents. All right, moving on. Speaking of uh, frustrating things, uh, Marty Herney, uh, his track record outside of the first round continues to worsen. Um, this week, Scott Fitterer parted ways with Greg Little, trading him to Miami for a 2022 seventh-round draft pick. Miami might be the worst offensive line in the NFL they're they, going into this offseason or going into the season they get yeah, their, their offensive line was 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 worse than ours and Greg Little may open open up the season as uh, their starting left tackle but it's nice to see that we were able to get something uh, in return for a player that was likely to be cut yeah I mean we talked about how bad Trent Scott looked uh, um, Greg came in and looked even worse so that's that uh, I mean, good for Greg to maybe get a chance to try and figure out uh, an NFL career. Um, talented individual, I think. I really do think. Um, just never worked out here with injuries, and then just I don't think he's a left tackle. But good for him. Bad for Tua, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's his starting left tackle. Uh, keep you got to you got to keep your uh, your franchise quarterback healthy, and that's not a good omen for that if he's your starting left tackle. I guess yeah. the one good thing is that it wouldn't technically be his blind side since he is a left-handed quarterback. So he'll be able to see the guys coming right at him every week. So, I mean, like you said, Wes, I think he's a, a very talented – he was very talented coming out of Ole Miss. But, you know, considering that he was on a veteran-laden team, we had Matsko at the time, who was a very well-respected offensive line coach, you know, I don't know what more you need in a situation to put it together. Um, you were a second round pick, not a first round pick. So it's not like you're, you have all this pressure on you. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know what went wrong with Greg Little other than injuries. Um, and Scott Fitter and Matt Rule decided, you know, it's time to move on. And I'm shocked that we got anything for him, honestly, but um, another Fitter gym. So I like that anyway because, you know, it was going to be – he's probably going to be cut. This was cut day, and you, you turn something, you know, nothing into something, which is awesome. Uh, I really appreciate the fact knowing that we're going to have 12-plus draft picks every year 
in Scott Bitter's tenure. So that's probably just Miami wanting to get in the front and front of line, basically just not having to get in the waiver line on yeah. after cuts. And right. they, they saw a seventh round pick as an expendable for jumping to the front of waivers, essentially. But sure. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'll take as many picks as we can possibly get. Love it. Yeah, I feel bad with him as far like you mentioned, Corey, as far as injuries go. But I mean, concussions really kind of set him back. And I mean, this is a guy that Marty Herney traded up to pick in the second round. And it just and they, never. And they said if Brian Burns hadn't been there, we would have taken him in the first round, which is scary to think about. Yeah. I mean, at least at least that didn't happen. At least this isn't as bad as the Everett Brown trade that happened way back when. That one, that one's going to be tough to beat. I mean, but moving forward, I mean, you know, Cam Irving can't stay healthy. I mean, he hasn't practiced in over a week and he has a shoulder issue. And I think now we're moving a little bit closer to Taylor Moten actually being that left tackle starter that, you know, I think maybe we've been wanting for a while. And at this point with as well as Brady played on Saturday, I, I mean, excuse me, on Sunday, I'm comfortable with that happening. And I think the very first time, the very first episode we recorded after the, the Moten getting some left tackle reps, we all panicked, like, no, please don't do that. Please don't. But after, after some time to assess the state of the offensive line, I think, I think we've all changed our tune on that. Um, myself, especially, I, I, I'll let you guys speak to it, but I think it gives us the best possible offensive line group to have him at left tackle. You're, you're, allowing whoever else you be you put at right tackle to not have the pressure of being left tackle and and I think it's the the smart move um it doesn't have to be Moten's permanent move if we can figure out left tackle next year or whatever the, the, for this season I think it gives us the best possible um offensive line unit yeah I'm not trying to overreact or anything but uh I think if Brady can keep up and at least be serviceable on that right side and at least play, you know, somewhat um, like he did on Sunday, then I'm all for this. Just figure out the left guard position. I mean, Pat Elfline didn't play because the starters obviously didn't play on uh, Sunday and Dennis Daly wasn't there. But I, I think um, I want to see a rotation of those two guys and kind of see who who steps up and let those two battle it out and see who wins that job. I mean, if Moten's at left, you've got Brady and Scott fighting it out at right. Miller, I think, is probably about written in pen at right guard at this point. Um, same with Paradis at center. Even though Tecklenburg did look good at, at center for us. But if you have then, what, five guys, if you really wanted to, that could battle it out for that left guard position. You've got Irving. You've got Elfline. You've got Daly. And you've got Scott, if Scott's not – if Scott, if we give Brady that right guard or right tackle spot, I mean, I, I think you've got a good problem to have there at left guard, not just depth, but go out there and win the job, somebody. Yeah, if it shakes out that way, then you the one good side of this is that you do have two swing tackles in Trent Scott and Cam Irving. You know, if it if it came to that, so I think we're covered as far as an injury standpoint goes. If the you know if the worst was to happen. Um, but those are some things that that I see as a as a bright spot. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, um, especially this upcoming week with the uh, with the Ravens uh, game on Saturday. But uh, like I mentioned earlier, today was the last day of camp, so things wrapped up with the Ravens. I mean, we had back to back days, um, and from all reports out there, it seems like the uh, the defense was the the talk of the last two days. I mean, they had a strong day today. I think we had five total interceptions. I mean, and Davion Nixon. Um, the uh, the guy out of the defensive tackle rookie out of Iowa had a big day as well. He had two two picks. Um, you know, uh, I know there's a lot to uh, lot to cover um, from the last two days. A lot of stuff that came out. Brian Burns had had a big day. Um, Kenny Robinson, Frankie Louvu, um, Dante Jackson had a couple of nice uh, picks. There was a lot of talking between J.C. Horn and Marcus Peters, which if you've listened to us in the past, you shouldn't be surprised because that's going to be a common theme going forward. J.C.'s not going to back down from anybody, and that attitude is uh, going to be pretty um, significant on the defensive side this year. You're going to see a lot of jawing. Um, guys. I, just a side, I, I love Marcus Peters, too. So that's awesome. I think that that's really cool that the two of them are going at it because – I've always liked Marcus Peters. I think he's awesome. Did you see the uh, the, the 
JC quote tweeting the quote the the reporter who quoted quoted him today and said that he was yeah. calling Peter's ass and and uh, JC quoted it with the the cap emoji. So right, he, mis- he misquoted him. Yeah, that was kind of weird, but I don't know. It's kind of weird being down there. You probably couldn't hear shit anyway. I mean, but, that, set, that setup isn't ideal. No. I mean, you got two fields. That was Nick Carboni, too, and I like Nick Carboni. I'm not going to say anything about – Oh, no, no. I just thought that was funny that that uh, that JC saw the – ended up seeing the tweet and, and, and quoted it. And I, I, I love the attitude and the, the swag that JC brings. I just love it. Yeah. There's a lot of personalities on that uh, defensive side of the ball, and it's going to be fun. I mean, I – it brings it brings me back to thieves avenue days back when back when there was just it was turnover central in that secondary and there was just so many personalities josh norman being one of the biggest but it brings me back to those days yes one thousand percent yeah it was what we haven't had and we're welcome i mean i'm I'm all for it but you but seeing like you said matt seeing the day that the defense had five interceptions from multiple people uh, people that you know we need to count on this year stepping up and and making plays against you know the Ravens who are a top NFL franchise, um, you know with a top quarterback. So, I mean that's awesome, and that's what you want to see in these joint practices. So, that that's pretty you know good news coming out of camp. And from our reports of what you could see from the offense, apparently the offense looked pretty crisp today as well. Um, apparently Sam Darnold started out a little, little bit better, looked a little more crisp uh, today than he did yesterday. But even yesterday, they said he was 19 for 36, I believe, is what Joe Person counted, and that's like unofficial between team and seven-on-seven. Seven. Um, but he said that there were multiple drops. So, you know, Sam Darnold going against that defense, looking solid, is, is, is trending in the right direction. Yeah, I saw a couple um, clips on Twitter. I forgot who posted them, but there was a couple plays where uh, Sam was looking off coverage and, and throwing it right. I mean, some things that he'd been criticized in the past for, but it's, it's nice to see the progression and to feel comfortable with his footwork. I know that's something that they've really been improving on this offseason. Um, injuries is something I'm, I'm going to try to monitor going forward after the day. I know DJ got held out uh, a little bit from practice today as a precaution. He got hit in the back yesterday, and it, it kind of tightened up on him. Um, Robbie's hamstring's been bothering him for a little bit. I think Matt Rule said for about the last week. Um, Marquise Haynes is the one that kind of threw me off today when he showed up to practice in the red jersey and the sling. Uh, I guess something happened yesterday that nobody looked at or nobody caught. Um, I'm really hoping that that's nothing too serious. And I know uh, Brian Burns had to be looked at as well. Uh, just nothing that's really serious. But obviously those little guys, you don't want anything being uh, – any of those nicks to uh, carry over into the season. Um, and those things to start lingering, it's going to affect them later on. Uh, the one thing for the Ravens that I did see come out today is that uh, Mark Andrews actually had to be carted off for an IV. Uh, I know if you've been to Spartanburg, anybody's listening to this, you know just how damn hot it gets down there, especially around training camp time. Um, but he had to be carted off for an IV. And then I saw a report that he actually collapsed later on and the ambulance had to show up um, to help him out with that. So I'm sure nothing serious, okay. but yeah, I hope everything works out well there. And another one I wanted to point out was Denzel showed up with a with with a helmet. That I don't know that he actually practiced, but did, was that yesterday or today that Denzel showed up to practice? Uh, I really can't remember. Um, yes, I saw I saw a picture of Denzel at practice. He wasn't practicing, but that's at least a step in the direction of Denzel being this somewhat present. Weird yes. injury that we've had. <laughs> I mean, off tissue injuries, man. I just, I mean. It's just vague. I mean, I guess it's probably the same thing as uh, AJ's issue, but man, I mean, that's another thing, just trying to back up here a little bit, but why I'm excited about the defense, you see just like how well they've been playing in practices and everything, and they don't even have a starter, out, two starters out there. Yeah, but guys have stepped up and and guys are challenging other starters. That really, the, that's that's what... Kenny, Kenny Robinson having a after having the, the preseason game that he had having a big day in, in camp today. It's just I, the the one weak spot of the defense. If you'd asked me going into the year, it was going to be was going to be Justin Burris, um, and with somebody like Kenny Kenny Robinson just pushing him, uh, I mean you're either 
you're either going to get Kenny Robinson to win that job or, or Justin, you're going to make Justin Burris better for it, like for it. Like one of those two things is going to happen. And that was what I was considering our weak spot going into the year. So. Yeah. I mean, the pressure that Robinson and Chandler and Sam Franklin are all putting on uh, Justin Burris right now, it's going to be interesting. Um, safety was the, the position that we didn't feel that we were that deep at and the one that we were kind of a question mark on the, uh, on defense. So it's nice to see these guys starting to step up and taking advantage of the uh, opportunities that they're given. I know there was a video I saw on the Panthers posted of, of Brian Burns uh, fumble on JK Dobbins. That was a, that was a nice, nice play there as well. He destroyed Dobbins. That was so nice. And, and that's just, that was another one, uh, a clip that went or made its rounds in the national media of, of the net of national guys finally saying like Burns is going to be a problem this year. I think is one of them that I saw. I think that was PFF, but like, People are finally starting to take notice of what we've been saying all along. This defense is going to be, especially this front, it's going to be a problem. Phil Snow, this is the one I saw Ellis tweet out before uh, we start recording, is that Phil Snow showed some today of a three-man front and with a three-man linebacking group. And the front was Brown, Fox, Jones, and the linebacking group was Reddick, Burns, Shaq. Yeah, I think Ellis called that the NASCAR package. I believe <laughs> is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Just get there fast. Yeah, it's a lot of speed and a lot of hard hitters out there. Yeah, that 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 is going to be a fun. Um, I'm assuming passing obvious passing down personnel right there. Yeah, if you're Phil Snow, you're looking at this like, man, I've. I have all these options now. I got all these toys to play with. That's six guys going, just pinning it back and just going full speed that all are just really good at getting to the quarterback. And then with that, pair that with, with the, the, how good the back ends looked. I mean, I'm excited about this defense and, and what it can do this year. Very high on them. So let's look forward to the, to the Ravens game this upcoming week. Um, so it's a seven o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Matt Rule did say the starters will play. You can probably expect, uh, I believe he said, one to two series out of Sam Darnold this upcoming week. Uh, that's probably going to be the same for all starters, just getting them some reps. And depends on probably a lot of that probably has to do with how long the Ravens starters stay in. But I would say probably one to two series is probably what you would expect out of the starters. It's, it seems like they're going to get the majority of their playing time next week against the Steelers. Um, typically, that would be week three, so I thought it would be week two. Um, for most of the f- teams around the league, but it looks like it's going to be opposite. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, actually seeing Sam in a uniform. He may be without DJ. He may be without Robbie. So you'll get to see possibly Terrace versus Marcus Peters if he plays. Um, there's just a, a lot of different things to kind of pay attention to in, the, in this game specifically. Um, the offensive line, you know, seeing that continued play, seeing who actually starts since the starters will be playing. Uh, you know, what are some things you're going to be watching for? For me, um, with everything that we've said about the defense and the weapons, Sam doesn't have to be great. Sam has to be good. Sam just has to make the right throws, get through his reads, and not turn the ball over. Um, so that's what I'm going to be watching for. Um, I'm, I'm, I just want to watch him get through his progressions and, and get to that second, third receiver. Um, if he has to, one thing I, I, I will watch his feet. Cause that's been a big, a big topic of discussion. See if he's turning with the, with those progressions and, and what he, what he's doing, um, with the receiving core. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if both Robbie and DJ set with DJ's back tightening up. Uh, and I would love to see Terrace get a chance at Peters. If Peters starts, uh, with the offensive line, I would guess we pro- probably mostly veterans will get that nod in this preseason start. If I had to guess with Irving being out of practice, you'll probably see Moten at left tackle daily at Elfine at guard. Elfine's been seemed to be the default first teamer at left guard. Paradis at center, Miller at right guard and Trent Scott at right, at right tackle. That's, that's what I'm thinking is what we'll see with that first group of line. Um, but I want to see Brady get some more reps at right tackle and see how that looks against, I would love to see it against the first team defense, but I don't think we'll get that. Um, and I want to see how the rest of the offensive line looks when they do come in. I'm, I'm, 
excited for that. I think Brown impressed me week one against the Colts. So I want to see, see what he can continue to do. Yeah. Deontay did a lot of good things and he's still kind of a project. And I guess by NFL standards, he's a little bit raw and, the, and there's the weight issues, but he did a lot of good things on tape. I mean, him and Brady were kind of a, a, a formed a wall there on that right side. So that was a very positive to see, you know, I think if DJ and Robbie are out, the things that I'm going to be paying attention to is um, how, how involved Dan Arnold is on those two series with Sam. I know they've had a kind of a, uh, a connection through camp so far, and it's been talked about, but I'm kind of actually ready to see that uh, on, on in live game. Uh, but like you said, with the with the offensive line, interesting to see how that shakes out. Who who opens as starters? I think you kind of nailed it. That's probably what you will end up seeing. Um, they probably will rotate Brady Christensen in on a series. So I don't know if you know they'll start Scott for the first one and then bring Brady on for the second series just to see how they all look out there. Since I know that's that that's pretty much a competition spot out there. Uh, but. Man, I'm 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 excited to see uh, Sam in action. To be honest, uh, yeah, I know the old saying, and I heard it again this this week, is that a quarterback is only as good as the the weapons that he has and the weapons that are around him. And you look back to New York, and we talked about all of that. You know, he didn't have shit around him, but he's coming here, and you know the organization has done a good job about putting these pieces around him. So I'm I'm interested to see what he can do, and and hopefully um, shut up a lot of his critics. I mean, this is a young guy who's very promising, and and hoping to start to see a little bit of that Saturday. Um, you know, for the first time in a Panthers uniform. Yeah, this is – I know it's just preseason, but when Rule came out and said that they're probably going to play Sam a little bit this week, I got really excited. I think it's just getting to see him for the first time in Panthers uniform on the field with the ones. I mean, that's going to be uh, something uh, we're waiting to see. And uh, I think the key is going to be not to get too high or too low off of a second preseason game. But uh, it's exciting. Yeah, we got the Steelers coming in next week, and then we're on to the regular season. I would probably expect to see Will Greer come in after Sam's done, let him probably play the first half, and then he'll probably go with P.J. for the second half or maybe just the fourth quarter. Um, but if he can – if Will can put some good film on tape, I mean, if, think about this. If this front office could get anything in return for Greg Little and Will Greer, um, two players that really haven't lived up to the potential that Marty Herney saw in them, I mean, Mark Scott Fitter – is doing one hell of a job. I mean, we already know what we've talked about, how great the draft was in our eyes. Uh, I mean, I talk about a start as a general manager. Killing it. Absolutely killing it. I mean, I think you, you just don't waste transactions. You know, he's just not wasting churning of the back of the roster and not wasting, you know, time or investments on, on, on silly assets, like if you're constantly turning that back of the roster, if you're getting things and assets in return for things that are just worthless in your eyes, then that's great. I mean, it's just a seventh round pick that we got for Greg Little, but at the same time, that's a seventh round pick. And we've seen already Phil Hoskins seventh round pick looking like he's going to make some noise on this roster. So that's, that's awesome that we have a GM that, that's making those kind of moves at the moment. Yeah, Phil looked better than Bravion did you know, already I mean, in his first game. Yeah, and that's one thing I forgot to mention when we talked about things, some guys that didn't look great in the preseason game. Bravion was another spot that did not look great. No, he didn't. Yeah, I think Davion's probably – I mean, he's, he's putting some pressure on him to try to win that backup defensive tackle. Mac Jones just about an interception. It's pretty funny. Don't say that too loud. Boston media will uh, be in your uh, mentions. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, Cam was Cam was eight of nine for 103 yards and a touchdown. Cam is has oh, Bill named you, has Bill named you the starter? Has he told you? Has he told you starting week one? You know, I have to ask. Oh boy, we can't go an episode without talking about him. But well, you know, <laughs> right now I can't help it. Yeah, look, let me uh, let me enjoy what I was. Yeah, doing. Corey's gonna be watching a lot of film over the next ten days while he's quarantining. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get we need, we need some we need some 2015 cam film. Hey, I know there's a seven day seven day free trial of NFL Game Pass out there. Dude, if you I've want tried. To that. I don't know what's going on with NFL Game Pass. I've tried to I've tried to buy that four times and it just kicks me back to the front. And apparently, I'm not the only one. If you don't follow Jonathan Kinsley on Twitter, he's awesome too. 
for film and stuff. He loves Cam. Um, he loves the Panthers. Uh, but he said the same thing. And these are guys that, like, have been doing the All-22 film with the NFL League Pass for years. And it's not working. The platform's not working for some reason. So as soon as it starts working, I'll let you know. Well, hopefully you uh, end up having a speedy recovery. <laughs> Don't lose your mind before those 10 days. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> All right, you guys got any uh, any closing arguments, any closing comments before we get out of here? No, nah, just everybody, if, if you follow Corey, send him your send him your get well wishes and send him send him any uh, film you want him to watch over the next 10 days. <laughs> and as always, guys, like, you know, if you're listening to this, obviously we love you. Please follow us. We see how many listens we get, and it doesn't match up with the amount of followers that we have on our social media platform. So please, if you're listening to this, take two seconds. Go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go, you know, wherever, and follow us. Give us a shout-out. just makes it easier to interact with you guys. All right? Thanks. It's it's at great. 7 forecast. Perfect. Twitter, Instagram. It's a great week to go follow, too, because we'll be posting uh, the giveaway for the uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers tickets this weekend for you guys. So somebody's going to end up winning them as my PSLs. So you at least have – you have a free game, free parking pass. Why not? Total flex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can you can go tailgate with the riot. That was that was not supposed to be a humble brag at all. That was just me trying to you know throw a, an appeal out there for people to go follow us degenerates on on Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to go watch the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you want to go watch the Panthers against the Steelers, then you'll be paying attention. You, the stipulation, you've got to send us a picture in your pant, in, in some sort of Panthers gear at the game. If you're wearing Steelers at the game, you uh, don't do it. Yeah, it's not going to be worth it. So that's it. Follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we'll post the details this week about it. So this, uh, this episode will go live Friday morning. This is Thursday night when we're recording this. So you guys will have a, a day to listen to this before the Ravens game on Saturday. So, as always, Matt, Corey, and Wes with you guys. We'll be back with you next week to preview the Steelers game and talk about the Ravens game and any um, roster moves that happen between now and then. So, you guys take care. Uh, Corey will be quarantining and uh, looking forward to some some Panthers football tomorrow. Peace. Later.